This is Owen Carlson. The mud's bigger in Texas. Make sure you put enough tariffs on. This is the RTS podcast. Very nice. RTS podcast starts right now. Hey, hey, everybody, it's Mark here with the RTS Podcast presented by GT Transport LLC. It is episode 90 live here from the Lightspeed Equipment Studios as we are just 12 days away from the scheduled opening night at Cedar Lake Super Speedway. The weather, it's in the 40s now. It is in the 40s. The snow is melting. I can see the pavement on my driveway. Things are looking up. But let me be honest, folks, there's still a lot of snow out there that needs to be melted, and we're going to need some 50s and 60s within these next 12 days to have any chance of potentially seeing cars out on the track here in just a short 12 days at Cedar Lake Speedway. But we got a good one on tap here for you guys tonight on the podcast. The youth movement continues as we have a rookie joining us in the studio. She will be running for Rookie of the Year honors in 2023 with the UMSS Traditional Sprint Cars. It is Ashley Williams. She will be teaming up with Lucas and Shannon Logue over at the Logue Racing Team in 2023, and she'll be attempting to go for Rookie of the Year honors with the UMSS. We had a great time with Ashley in studio, learned a lot about her, along with what she's doing for school, her background, where how she came through the ranks in racing, how she got started in racing, and how this opportunity has come about for her to go racing with the UMSS here in 2023. But I'm not going to give away all the details we want you guys to hear from her herself. So here she is, rookie of the year contender in 2023, driver of the number 25A traditional sprint car, Ashley Williams. The youth movement continues here on the RTS podcast, man. It just, it won't quit. It doesn't. No, they just keep showing up. I don't know what it is. It's like somebody put something out there on Facebook and they just start all coming to the Lightspeed Equipment Studio in droves. It's like the school bus dropped them off here. I don't know what's going on. I don't either. (laughs) Well, we're going to get things rolling here. Uh, This one's going to be a pretty good one because uh, uh, I don't want to spoil the party at all, but you might see... This young lady at a uh, Cedar Lake Speedway near you and driving potentially a non-wing car in 2023. And that's kind of a big deal because, you know, we are the home of the Renegade Racing brand. Yes, we are. And uh, it's exciting news. It is very exciting news. And I can't wait to hear it straight from her. Join us now here on the RTS podcast, driver of the 25A, Ashley Williams. Ashley, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm super excited to be here. Well, we are super excited to have you here, and we can't thank you enough for coming to the Lightspeed Equipment Studios. Thank you for having me. Like I said, youth movement continues. How old are you? I am 18. Oh, man. Fresh 18 or been 18 for a little while? Been 18 for a little while. So 18 and a half. 18 and three quarters. Perfect. 18 and three quarters. That's enough time to, what was the, you know, fresh 18, what was the big excitement about turning 18? Graduating. Graduate. Probably the biggest thing. Oh, you didn't like, you weren't excited to go to the casino or anything? That was pretty fun, too. Oh, God. No, that was my big thing when I was 18. Same here. The hot dogs. Oh. I was excited for the hot dogs at the casino. Hot dogs at the casino? What, what did, where did, where do you get hot dogs at a casino? 
Well, there's a lady that drives around a slot dog cart, and they are the best hot dogs ever. Mystic Lake Casino. What? Yes. I, I mean, playing it off a little bit here, but I don't think I've, one, ever seen that or never heard of it. Oh, it's the best. Yeah, it is the best. If you go there and don't get one, then it's not even a casino trip. <laughs> I do agree with that, because they are some of the pans down the best <laughs> slot dogs I've ever had at a casino. I've never had a slot dog. See, I'm not a hot dog guy. I never order a hot dog. Never, ever. I'm a hamburger guy. But if I'm at Mystic Lake and the slot dog ladies rolling by, yeah, I'll take two. Bring them over here. So now, what's this? So, like, okay, my what I'm imagining here right now is so I'm from Chicago, and they got Chicago dogs and everything. You get the relish and all that stuff. Get the, all the fixings. Like, is this kind of like the cart rolling around? You can get the relish, the, the, the tomatoes, all that stuff. Is that an option? Or is this a plain hot dog? No, this is like the plain hot dog straight from like the rollers. And then you get the packets of ketchup and mustard with it. Yep. What? Yeah. yeah. I guess I got to go to Mistake Lake more. It's basically like Super America, the roller thing on the cart. She picks it up, throws it in the bun, puts it in the paper boat, hands it to you. You give her two bones. This is insanity. It's amazing. This is crazy. I've never heard of this. Yep. I learned something new today. <laughs> you got to put it on your list. I will. I'm going to have to. I'm going to literally, after we're done here, I'm going to go tell the wife that we need to make a just a trip to Mistake Lake. We could. <laughs> we could. We'll see what these guys are up to. And we're going to go play some slots and get some slot dogs. I'm in. I'm down. All right. I guess I know we're Monday. I guess we ain't going to work tomorrow. <laughs> Ah, but uh, so like you said, 18 minus the slot dogs at Mistake Lake graduating. So uh, recently graduated. Uh, where'd you go to high school? I went to high school at Stillwater High School. Stillwater. I know a couple Stillwater grads. So you're a pony. I am a pony. Yep. I went to Stillwater for like two years when I was younger. Proudly graduated from there. Home from college right now, I believe. Yep. I go to UW-Lacrosse. What are, you, uh, what are you going there to major in? I am on track for radiation therapy right now, and I actually apply next fall, um, to or next winter, sorry, for the program, and only 20 to 22 people get in a year. Oh, wow. And there's 80 freshmen, at least, that have declared that their major, not including the people that didn't get in this past year. So, definitely a competitive program. Wow, no kidding. That's, uh, you said 22 people? Yep. Wow, that is it. So radiation therapy. So my wife is a nurse. Okay. Uh, she works at Midwest Pine and Brain Institute. Uh, so she does a lot of that stuff. For the radiation therapy, is that like doing uh, cancer stuff, like chemo and stuff? Yeah, um, not chemo. It's treating cancer with radiation. Okay. So like just high powered, pretty much machines. Okay. Okay. What made you go down that route? I have always enjoyed x-rays and that stuff and like reading them. And then I got into physical therapy and decided I didn't want to do that anymore. And then I found radiation therapy, and it's just something I really found interest in, kind of the close patient care and um, continuing with the patient and trying to be a light in somebody's life when they're in darkness is something that I really like want to strive for. And I I don't know, I just like love how it is, I, although it's a sad career. It also like can be very rewarding. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I can agree with you on that. I've definitely heard a lot of things. My wife, she used to work in a nursing home, you know, situations like that. So I, I totally understand what you're talking about. But uh, yeah, no, I think uh, you and uh, my lovely bride out there, I think you guys would get along pretty well on that front. So uh, so how long of it is? So is that a four year? I mean, how long is uh, schooling for that? Yeah. So if I get into the program, it's four years total, mm -hmm. um, including like residency and stuff. So this year and until I apply, I'm taking like prereqs on a pre-radiation therapy track. And then if I get in, I take one more year of um, 
classes at UW-La Crosse, and then I would um, have to move to wherever they decide that I get to move. And I would continue the next year and a half in a hospital setting. Okay. I would be working hands-on half the day. I would be in the classroom, and the other half I'd be on the floor doing radiation therapy work next to a radiation therapist, oh, wow. getting my hours in and everything. And yeah, so it's very science-based, which is hard, and continuing those science classes. No, that isn't very impressive. I mean, obviously, I, I think what I so they you don't get to decide, you know, after everything's said and done, where you're going to go for this. You're at the mercy of them. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So I like have an interview, and if I do get in, then they decide what my learning style is compared to their um their clinical program or the different places they have. So wherever they think that I'm best fit for where they have their program at, they get to send me. That sounds pretty intense, not knowing where you're going to go and whatnot, but yeah. I guess that's part of the risk. And I mean, it seems seems like it's going to be very rewarding, though. Yeah, I'm super excited. I'm just crossing my fingers that what I have in my background and my schooling can get me in. No, absolutely. I wish you the best of luck with that and whatnot. Yes. I mean, that's, uh, that yeah. sounds very integral. <laughs> That's what's so cool about doing these things, especially, you know, having these younger drivers right. in here. I mean, like, I would have never in a million years would have thought of going to school for something like that ever. Like what, what, what was, you kind of get was, is your family, do they have a line of doing that or is it just something that you just caught your interest? No, my mom's actually an engineer. My dad's a boiler operator. So nothing in the healthcare field and they didn't direct me in the healthcare field at all. And I don't know, I just kind of found it and decided that that's what I wanted to do and that I felt passion for it. That's very interesting. Very interesting. How does very that all, cool. how does that coincide with the racing? That's the hard. That's the thing that like most people don't know about me is that I'm going into this program and it takes up a lot of my time, mm -hmm. like most of my time. Um, even on the weekends, I'm busy doing schoolwork during the week. I'm always busy doing schoolwork. So I love racing. I am working really hard towards this program. So like last year, sometimes I do need to kind of take a step away a little bit just to focus my um, attention on my school a little bit to get into this program. But my family is like super supportive of having the balance. So while sometimes my dad picks up extra work on the race car so that I can balance my life in school and also have racing. So they're super supportive and give me the allow me to have the balance so I can do both of the things. Oh, that's very, that is very impressive. And it's like you said, your family's behind you a hundred percent on that. That's huge and everything. I'm seriously, best of luck. And I hope you make it and that everything goes well and that you've reached the, reach your goal. Thank you. I appreciate that. 18 going on 19 years old, finding that balance. You've already been racing for quite some time, actually. When did you start racing? I started racing when I was five years old. I got my first race car. Five years old. Sounds like somebody else we just interviewed. <laughs> right. Five Quarter midget as well? No, I started in Outlaw Kart, so I started in a rookie cage. When, okay. Yeah. So different path. I w I've always been on dirt. I've never raced pavement. Okay. So okay. Thunder Hill Speedway? Yep, Thunder Hill. Thunder Hill grad. Perfect. Same here. You look back at all the Thunder Hill grads that have came from there. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. It is really amazing. There is yep. so many people that have started there and progressed their um, racing through so many different things. And we've all well, we've all kind of gone different ways. I mean, everyone has had a lot of success. I feel. Uh, was it mainly Thunder Hill? Were you doing some national stuff? Just regional? Like, what were you doing? Um, so when I started racing, I mainly did just Thunder Hill and a little bit of traveling. But in the carts, there wasn't much like national type deals. It's a little bit different than the quarter midgets, especially like in the lower classes. You wouldn't really travel for those type of things mm -hmm. where now 
like growing up and progressing you could go out to like red bluff or more stuff like that but when you were younger you didn't really travel and we didn't have like the national titles and that stuff we more had like track championship basically just the weekly racing over at thunder hill yeah yep that's all there was i did flat carts as well the growing up that was my uh transition but yeah same thing and now and now you see more and more for the national stuff for the rookie stuff like going down to english creek and red bluff like you said and out to millbridge like you said it's progressed and when i was old enough and got in the higher level classes i would go down to english creek and i mean i wish that there was more opportunity to travel but there really wasn't many tracks either when i was five six years old that you could go to and i started out in a rookie cage and that was a pretty new class it was the first year at thunder hill that they had that so it was evolving when i got out of go-karts that was roughly around the 2006 area, there was cage carts were just coming in up here. That wing outlaw class wasn't even around when I was racing go karts. That is one thing I wish I would have got the chance to do. So I grew up and I went through the rookie cage, junior wing, 125, 250, and 500. And it was just so fun. I'm so, so glad that I was able to have the opportunity to go through all those classes. And 125 was for sure my favorite. Loved that class. And Loved all the competition and everything about it. And Thunder Hill is a great track for the wing wing carts. That is one of the best tracks around. Great racing, great atmosphere, great facility, and just an awesome place to learn how to race. I totally agree, especially the atmosphere and the people. It's just always been amazing, and I'm, I'm glad that I got to start there and pick up my feet. You look at our sport, and it's, it's predominantly a male-dominated sport. And so how was that for you at a young age? Do or, you know, was there other girls that you were racing against, you know, especially like for you in school and everything, you know, some of the girls that you, sports or playing volleyball, hockey, soccer, whatever. Um, I don't know if you did anything, any of those outside of the racing stuff, but like when people, you know, you're trying to be friends with everybody, you're five, you're six years old and you're like, Oh, what do you do? Why'd you have a race car? How did that go? Um, so for sure, I didn't really necessarily always notice that I was one of the only girls. There was one other girl. I didn't always notice it just because my parents have always treated me very equal. So Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily always notice that type of stuff, but for sure in school, I noticed it because people had asked me, Oh, what do you do? And well, I did do different sports growing up. I stopped them pretty much when I did start racing. And most of the time when I would say that, especially like second, third grade, it was always, Oh, you don't race. It's your dad that races. And that was hard, you know, because it's, I'm like, no, this is my sword. And mm-hmm. it was never, oh, you do that. That's cool. It was more, oh, no, she's lying. Her dad does that. So uh, definitely I noticed it more in school than I ever did around the track. You brought the car to the school. You brought all the trophies. And you were like, no, this is actually me. <laughs> yeah, my dad actually came in one time to my class and, like, brought everything. And he was like, nope, she races everybody. And <laughs> I can't fit in that seat. <laughs> Like you said, the 125 was your favorite, right? Yeah. The 125 was your favorite. What was one of the, you know, what was one of the things you liked about the 125? Well, it was for sure like the biggest stepping stone for me, which was hard. And when I started in the 125, it was a very full class. I was like the youngest person. But it was so much about just like learning everything about the car, like handling the car, um, throttle control. Because on those 125s, like you couldn't get off the gas much. Otherwise, they would just like bog up. And I don't know. It was just everything about it. It really made me like kind of step back and learn like the basics of it rather than going to a 250 where you can let off at different places. So I just like learned throttle control and that's something that I love using, but I always can't use now. So sometimes (laughs) it bites me in the butt. The biggest thing about keeping momentum up, like we've talked about before, but keep your momentum up, throttle control, braking, I mean, lap times, being consistent. It's the biggest thing you can learn. 
like I said, you got to excuse me. This is all stuff I'm learning on the fly here. You know, I I know big cars. That's what I know. So how fast was the progression from starting with the rookie cage to these other divisions? Like, was it just a year by year or a couple seasons? Um, So from the rookie cage to the junior wing, I just raced the rookie cage one year. And then the junior wing, I was in it for a few seasons. And as I moved up, I was in everything else for a few seasons because part of it was I was young Mm. and um, the classes were changing, like classes started to combine and everything. But the rest of them, I was in for sure for a few seasons because my parents didn't want me to move up too fast and then not really have a place to go. Okay. So it is kind of speaking to your parents and everything, obviously been behind the scenes the whole time with the racing stuff, right? Yeah. Dad's crew chief, mom's crew chief. Both of them and Both my sister. Chiefing. Yeah, my dad does a lot of work on the car, and my mom is also behind my racing, and most people don't know that. And But she, my whole family has always been super supportive and very helpful on the race car. Absolutely. Nice. I met your mom at the kickoff party. Very nice lady. Very yeah, nice lady. Nice. So, And then, like you said, uh, uh, siblings as well, right? Younger sister? Yep, younger sister. She's racing? She doesn't race, no. Oh, I thought she was doing, like, uh, bikes or something. Oh, she likes to ride her um, dirt bike, so okay. that's her thing. She's a little bit different than mine, but always at the track. Does she have any uh, ambition on trying to race at any time, or is it just not no, her thing? just not her thing. She is, showed interest. She drove it one time. Not saying she was good. She could be good. But um, instead of like going off the track where you're supposed to, she went off in the middle of the corner and like jumped the bank and landed. And everyone's like running over to her. Are you OK? And she's like, yep, I'm good. Just was getting off the track. I'm, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not meant to be on the motocross track because I decided, oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go take it. Yeah. Go try it. Well, I fell off and she goes, tells my dad, go get my dirt bike. And I'm like, let me show you how to do this. Yeah, so we definitely are good at different things. Right, right. Nice. Well, I mean, it's kind of cool. You know, it's like you got her, th- you got your thing. She's got her thing. Obviously, your parents are running around crazy trying to keep up with both of you and whatnot. How was that? How was that growing, that dynamic growing up? Obviously, you're racing competitively. She's jumping around on a dirt bike. You know, how do your parents, parents handle that? Well, actually, also, my dad worked shift work, so he would um, switch between shifts all the time. So sometimes, a lot of times, it was like my mom. Because my dad would be on nights or he'd be on afternoons and we wouldn't always see him. So I don't know how they kept up with us, but somehow they had something that worked and they were able to keep up with both of us. (laughs) That's awesome. That just sounds like a really crazy and fast household. Yes. You know, you got four wheels going this way. You got two wheels going this way. Right. Coming up through the ranks and everything. What was some of the biggest accomplishments that you've had so far in your young career? Um, I would say some of my biggest accomplishments are I won the track championship twice at Thunder Hill back to back. I won rookie of the year in the micro. And so those are two or three pretty cool things for me. What's the one that got away from you? A track championship when I was in the 125. It was three of us battling. We were all like 10 points away from each other. So that was a fun season, close season. And of course, I wish I would have been able to gain or get that track championship as well those are some of the worst i lost track championship this last year by a couple points or um it's super tough to handle but i think in the long run it grows you and makes you a better you know racer and then it also eliminates what you could have done you know what i mean some of those races moving forward in your career yeah i would agree in that one year um people were like switching motors because the 125s and 250s were combined that year like in the middle of the season or it was like the last two races we each had to like we each knew what we needed for points and people showed up with 250s on instead of 125s it was like that close to just try to win that track championship so that was one but 
I still had a pony podium finish in that season, and I'm still proud of how I did. That's the biggest thing. I mean, just running for points and, you know, being consistent. That's the biggest thing you're going to learn moving into the non-wing sprint cars this year. Consistency is a lot. So was Thunder Hill always the go-to for you? Or was there another track outside of that where you were like, oh, I'm glad we're not racing at Thunder Hill this weekend. I w- I'd rather be here. No, I was always glad to be at Thunder Hill. I okay. just love the track and the atmosphere. Right on, right on. Was there another track out there? Was, did you have another favorite? Um, I liked English Creek growing up, but I also, as I got older, I started to go, I went to Red Bluff a few times and I liked Red Bluff a lot. It was very tricky, but it was fun. That place looks insane from the videos I've seen. It looks awesome. I swear videos do not do justice. It's the craziest track I've been to. They redo the track every single, between every single race, like every race night. So the track is never the same. Like you need to relearn the track and like where the apexes are and everything. And I watched videos. I thought I was prepared. And you just have to see it to mm. understand what really happens. Like, the things that happen would never happen up here. Like, they are not nice. But then they come off the track and are fine. And that's just how they race with each other. California kids being wild. Oh, yeah. Basically. Yeah. And, I mean, a lot, lot of talent has came out of Red Bluff. Oh, yeah. I mean, they have crazy amount of talent. I mean, even just the thing, like, you race back to the caution was something that I learned how to not stop my car you know like things like that that they just some of the skills that they have are just crazy and when they travel they're always competitive I feel like started at a young age where did this passion for racing come from kind of came out of nowhere honestly so one day I was sitting in the living room with my mom and my dad and my dad's like do you want to race and I was like sure not knowing what it was I mean I always had a snowmobile or a four-wheeler something um to drive around and um, my mom's like okay like that would be like a yard cart not really sure what to expect me and my dad went and picked up the race car and I came home and my mom's like hey let's drive it around the yard and my dad's like no we can't do that we need to go to like a racetrack and it all just started from there and I loved it like I just loved it from the moment that I started racing I think I my first three races I went out and won not a bad start. So did right. anybody else in the family race before that? Aunt, uncle, dad, grandpa, anybody? My dad um, crewed for some people when he was younger, but no one ever raced. Really? What Do you know what he was like, what he was crewing on? Like with some late Modi- models? Modifieds. Okay. And late models. Okay. Anybody we know? He crewed for Dennis Jones when he grew up, and then he knew Andy Jones, and I don't think he did much work on there, but mostly Dennis Jones. Okay. That's pretty cool. I'm good friends with Andy, and I know Dennis and everybody, so I spent a lot of time with them guys. That's cool. Oh, absolutely. So that's kind of where the bug got. So then just one day out of the blue, Dad goes, do you want to race? Yeah. Just out of nowhere. Out of literally nowhere. That might have been the best question Dad ever asked. Yep. I had no clue what I was getting, what I was in for, but I loved it. Do you mean obviously that's five years old, and that's kind of when you start picking up those memories and whatnot from being a child? Like, do you like do you is that all pretty solid memories, or is it kind of vague? It's pretty solid. Like I remember the conversation, and because it was maybe because it was so out of the ordinary, you know, just how I came to race. So mm-hmm. maybe that's why I remember it so much. No, that's pretty, and that's something you're never gonna forget. You know, depending on, you know, how long your career goes, you know, especially with all the schooling stuff going on and where you want to take your career, you're never going to forget that moment. Yeah. You know, especially with your family being so involved in your racing program, too. So you move out of Thunder Hill, go-karts, and get a micro. What was your first thoughts First thoughts getting into the micro? That it was way different from the karts because it had suspension and I was not used to that. So it was just so different. I was not used to it and I was still racing my outlaw carts while I was racing the micro. So that was kind of challenging because 
I would go race on Wednesday nights, my my 250 and my 500, and then on Friday and Saturday, go race the micro. So they were so drastically different. They were like on opposite ends of the world kind of to me. But mainly the suspension is what I noticed. Yeah, the transition back and forth, and that's what will make you a better racer, just learning and adapting to what you did. Where did you mainly run the micro in the first couple of years? Um, Princeton, Brainerd. Which track did you like better? Probably Princeton. I think everybody's going to have that same answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brainerd's a different racetrack, that's for sure. It's like that capital D-shaped backstretch, yeah. super tight coming out of four, long straightaway, dumb racetrack, fill it full of water, add fish. Yeah, and just like, <laughs> holes, holes all the time, I feel like. And yes. you just get so spread out there. And it's so far away. Yeah. <laughs> Princeton, that's a fun bull ring, badass track. Yeah. What's it like driving these things at like Cedar Lake? Cedar Lake, I personally didn't love it. Like, I just thought it was too big for us. That's what yeah. I was going to ask. It just felt, it sounds like y'all are just banging off the limiter. So when we I are. was younger, we ran go-karts around the pond in Forest Lake, or in Forest Lake, not in Cedar Lake. So, like, that was fun. Forest like, Lake International Speedway. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Flakeants. So, um, but running around the pond with the micros would be pretty wild, I think. Yeah, I think if it was smaller, like, the racing surface is nice, but it's just so big for the small cars that we have. Yeah. and. I mean, we get spread out, and then there's not much action, and I think that it kind of takes away from the micros almost more than it promotes them. I agree 100%. Like, even when they were at St. Croix, they were terrible, I thought. It was just, it was almost too big there, but Princeton, I think, put on a pretty good show. I haven't been there recently when they've had the 2025 that I saw on, my, on MRP this past season or whatnot, but what was your favorite track to go to? Thunder Hill was super, super fun in the micro, like, when they started having them. I think Thunder Hill was my favorite track. Maybe because I knew the track, but also right. it was small, so it was so racy, and you had to be on your A game there rather than just hold it to the floor. You know, it's when the throttle control, diamonding the corners, everything kind of came into play in order to finish well, and then we were just closer. We weren't chasing somebody down for 10 laps to try to catch them. Right. With the different style, all the different style all the disciplines of cars that you've raced to get to the micro and everything, like what was that one discipline that either you tried carrying over and you're like, all right, that just ain't going to work. And I've got to try to recreate my driving style. Probably the throttle control, honestly, like in the micro is just, I never used the brake in the cart. Like we didn't, we just didn't use it. Trying to stop the throttle control and like learn the brake, you know, use the brake to slow down while you keep up. That was the biggest thing to stop, like letting off the gas and actually use the brake to my advantage. Well, it's kind of like Owen said on the last episode, you got to use the brake more than using the gas. And once you conquer that, I mean, you're just moving forward in the pack and winning races. Yeah, for sure. Forgive me. like I, I've seen these cars race at Cedar Lake. I can't make it out. Thunder Hill's so far away. Went out there for the King of the Hill stuff. Had a blast. That facility, I was surprised by what they were able to pull off there with that. That was amazing. Yes, it was. Yeah, I bet it was. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, like, I mean, are you guys, like, are we throwing sliders on everybody? Like, what's the racing like? I, I'm just, I'm never seen it there. I think, actually, the racing in the micros at Thunder Hill is pretty competitive. Yeah. I mean, you're able to throw a slider because you have enough room for two micros, Um and you're honestly battling way more than I think you are at most of the other tracks. Okay. I'd agree with you there. I haven't been to Thunder Hill since 2005. So going there for the King of Hill, the races last year was my first time. And I was super excited to watch the micros, the wing and non-wing, both times I was there. And it's pretty crazy. What are your thoughts, like, racing against the whole different age groups in the micros? I mean, you got Paul Rosidlo out there who's 60 years old. Somebody like him, for example. It's got to be pretty crazy. I love Paul because I raced for Steve, so they're... 
have been a part of my whole entire micro career. But it's definitely different having such a wide age range because, you know, in the carts, you had to be 13 years old to start, you know. So we didn't have as much of an age range because people would move up. But micros, people stay in it. So it's different like racing against a 14-year-old and then a 60-year-old. Right. There's so much, so <laughs> many different like talents. And we all, everyone's come from a different dynamic. And, you know, somebody's older and has raced. 10 different cars where somebody this might be their first time and that's like another thing about the micro some people this is their first time racing is the micro okay yeah. interesting very interesting what's the what's the pit area like there at like thunder hill on a weekly like i mean you, like you said wide wide age range so like you got like yeah parents yelling at the 60 year old dude <laughs> like what's that like in the carts we didn't really have much controversy honestly there wasn't maybe because we all were so close in age you know like if rookie cage somebody drove over somebody i mean the parents are gonna talk but it's not like us kids are wrestling in the dirt over it or screaming at each other so i mean they're not gonna run out on the track or anything right yeah Yeah. your parents ever have to get a little feisty with some uh, other competitors there's been moments in the carts that my parents have said stuff but now ever since i went to the micro if there's been an issue most of the time my parents will say here's my driver you can talk to them not me i'm not out there you have an issue with my driver not me yeah, perfect. Not a bad way of approaching it. Good but way yeah. to handle it. Absolutely. And I honestly think that's the best way, you know, because what are my parents going to do? They weren't out there. They don't know what I was thinking. And if obviously, if I needed help, they would step in. Yeah, for sure. It's between me and the other driver most of the time. So absolutely. No, definitely. Plot them for that. Ever had any one of those, uh, just one of those moments you're like, I just don't want to deal with this right now. <laughs> yeah. I've had one moment where I was sitting at the scales, couldn't get my car restarted, and somebody, like, got in my cockpit and started yelling at me, and I was just like, whoa, no one's even around, like, didn't even know what they were mad about, and at that moment, I got out of the car and was just like, I can't, I, like, I can't, I can't right now, you know, I was so, <laughs> right. like, so many, couldn't get my car started, you know, away from everyone, didn't really know what was going on, so in that moment, I kind of stepped back a little bit, and that's, like, really the only moment I've ever had. Been pretty cool, calm, nice. and collective. Yeah. So now we've gotten to uh, the main course. You've been driving the micro and everything. Was there anything else that you were looking at? Were you looking at different division of looking where you were looking to move up? Were you looking at any other options? I was kind of looking towards modified like that thing that has interest me. I drove a B mod and I enjoyed it. Okay. But then the logs were like, I want to give you a second chance in the sprint car. I really think you're going to like it. And after I drove it, I did really like it. And so I wasn't really planning on moving up. We didn't have like a plan for this coming season. Mm -hmm. Truthfully, I think we were just going to race the micro again, unless my dad came home with a new race car. Right. (laughs) But, um, so kind of the micro or I was looking towards something else, but I'm excited to where now my path is taking me. Absolutely. So the B mod, I feel like this is a trend here right now. Right. Might've heard about a B mod on another episode. (laughs) Yep. So did you actually, so did, hang on, did you actually drive it or did it not get driven? No, I drove okay. it. at the arrive and drive. I drove somebody else's. Okay. Okay. Same time you drove the sprint car too? I did drive a sprint car that time too. And Ooh, it competition. was, it was, um, well, I'm a fair, pretty petite person. So getting in like another car is hard to actually mm-hmm. know how I liked it. And I just decided after that moment, didn't like it because it probably, most of it was probably because I was uncomfortable and didn't like really realize it. So then when Shannon offered me to come to the arrive and drive and retry it, I put my own seat in it. They took a lot of time. So I was comfortable and got a true feeling of 
what it was. Heck yeah. I didn't know that part. That's what I was wondering. I was like, if you're hopping in Lucas's car, holy crap. <laughs> right? I'm like the pint size and he's like the gallon. <laughs> wow. New visor name right there. Pint size. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, but uh, a testament to Shannon and Lucas. Awesome people. Yep. I've had the yeah. chance to get to know them the last couple of years and whatnot. Giving you an opportunity like that. How do you know the Lokes? Um, from micro. So okay. in micros, we raced together. They both actually raced for a little bit. And then we just kind of started talking to them. And Shannon and my family got along really well. And we've always like stayed in contact with them. And they've always been lending a hand whenever we need it. And really just staying in contact and supporting each other through racing. And then when it was the arrive and drive, Shannon offered to let me drive because he knew I didn't like the one traditional I drove and wanted me to have a new experience. And then they put in the work and the time to allow me to have the best experience from fitting my seat, having the pedals and just feeling comfortable in the car. And I can't thank them enough for that because now it's opened up this. And then after the arrive and drive a little bit, they kind of mentioned something and um, it just kind of went from there. And then we got to talking and I was like, I would love to drive for you guys. I, would, I think this was cool. It's always something I've dreamt of is um, rolling out of the car with or rolling out of the trailer two cars and having yeah. a teammate and stuff like that. It's just it'll be a new experience for me because it's always been just me racing and my family. So having other people there, you know, Lucas also racing and Shannon and then them just kind of taking us under their wing, you know, like learning about the traditional in a different way rather than just jumping into the class and not really knowing anything will be pretty cool. Absolutely, man. I, I don't think she could have said it any better. No, having a teammate and a mentor is going to be a big help. And, you know, forwarding your progression this year, it's going to be uh, it's not like you said, you're not jumping in by yourself and you got It's going to be just huge. Yeah. And somebody that knowing what the cards, you know, somebody understanding how I'm explaining because they're on the track as well. It's different than me going and telling my dad, well, my dad understands most of the things that I say. Mm -hmm. It'll just be a different perspective, you know, being able to talk with each other about, well, this is what I noticed on the track and them being there and really understanding from an inside of the car experience. Well, I think that'll be pretty cool. I'm excited about that part of it, too. Let's talk about the arriving drive really quick. I find it, this is just fascinating to me, like, it's super cool that they did all that work to get you in the car, to yeah. make it fit you. Yeah. That, that is totally awesome, because that, absolutely, like you said, your first experience, no go. No go. <laughs> no go. I think that was a selling point just right there in itself, because you could have had the second opportunity, and say maybe a different car, and nobody would have let you do that, so now you're trying to look over the rock screen, and can't really get to the pedals or whatnot, you know, and even like, okay, I'm out. I don't want to do this anymore. Right. I think if I would have came to the arrive and drive again and got in somebody else's car, I probably would have had the same experience. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to fit in somebody else's car. Like uh, everyone else that races is much bigger than me. I drove Brady Donahue's car at the arrive and drive too. And while it was, it was big, of course, but I did have a good experience in that. So maybe, maybe I would have had a good experience in the um, non-wing again, but I think I had this mindset coming into the arrive and drive, like, oh, I'm not going to like this. And then when I did have a different experience, it, it was just changing, you know, and I'm glad that 
I didn't go there again and try to change my perspective in somebody else's car. That's the biggest thing. If you're not comfortable, it's hard to go fast. Right. And that's one thing I've learned over the years, just getting your seat right, your pedals right, your belts right. And that's something you'll do, you know, this year, get jumping in the car with them. What is your plans with the Logs? Are you going to run the full UMSS schedule non-wing or bounce around, do some Renegade stuff up north? What are you, what are you guys thinking? I'm going to try to run most of the UMSS races as much as I can. There are a few I can't um, make just because of school, finals and everything, and moving out, um, coming, moving back into my parents' house from school. But otherwise, I'm going to try to race the pretty much the full schedule as much as I can. I'm going to be pretty dedicated to racing this summer. Like last summer, I kind of chose the, um, you know, going and seeing friends, going to cabins and everything. But this year, I want to focus in on my racing and make this season one to remember. That should be pretty awesome. I look forward to seeing you out there. We were at the arriving draft, saw you out there. You did do very well. Is it going to be all non-wing? Are you going to dabble in any wing stuff this year? Um, just focusing on non-wing this year. Um, okay. I want to put my effort and my my learning into one car rather than switching between the two because I've done that in the past and it was just, it was kind of hard going between the two different cars. So I want to, I really just want to put all my effort into the one car and hopefully gain experience and, and success through it. I agree with you. It's a great way to start. So we can officially say that you are potentially running for rookie of the year honors. Yeah. If, if I can make enough races and everything, I, I think that'd be pretty cool. That'll be awesome. It would be. That'll be very cool. I'm excited to see it. You know, like, obviously there's going to be a learning curve. Right. It always is. I can attest to that. I broke two shifters in one night. So, <laughs> um, like I said, this episode's not about me. I'm, ex- I'm just excited to see the progression. Yes. I'm excited for that as well to hopefully see myself grow through the season, push myself more than I have because, you know, now I'm in a bigger class. I'm going to be a younger one out there and... And most people have experience, and I want to be able to compete this year, but yeah. obviously gain respect through um, myself gaining experience. So, Absolutely. I mean, the biggest thing is obviously you got your team. Yep. I mean, me and Mike always say this on the podcast and everything. is like there's a whole bunch of different cliques right. in the UMSS. Everybody's, you know, we got our little spot that's over on the backside. You got some people that are parked down in the valley, you know, people that are parked on the other side and whatnot. But at the end of the night, we're all still – hanging out at somebody's trailer and we're all chit-chatting you know somebody gets into an accident god forbid we don't ever want that to happen what tools you need what parts you need it's just getting yourself integrated into this group and getting to know the guys and the gals of the series and just hey you know if something's up you know did i not hold my line just come tell me yeah and i hope that's something i hope i can meet the other drivers and um them learn who I am personally, although I am with the Logs and I'm super excited to be. I also want them to know who I am as a person and I hope that I can meet them and gain respect. And if we do have something that goes on, be able to talk about it. And I don't want people to think of me differently because maybe I look young or I'm a girl or whatever. I just, I hope that they can treat me the same and I hope that I can treat them the same as well through because we all are just racers on the track. Well, I think your track record speaks for yourself. I mean, you're a very established racer Obviously, like I said, we just said, there's going to be a learning curve and everything, but it's not like you never drove before and you're just hopping into one of these things for the first time. Right. It's not like it's my first race and there for sure is going to be a learning curve because it's a bigger car and it's a completely different car. I've never truly raced one before. What's one track you're looking forward to going to that you haven't been to? I don't know. I'm kind of excited for all of them, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, they're all going to be a blast. Yeah. Some of them will be new. Yeah, I don't know if I have one in particular that I am 
really looking forward to because the ones that I haven't been to, I guess I don't know too much about them, to be honest. Right, right. Are you going to try to do maybe some of the GT Hotshot Challenge races? Mississippi Thunder, Jackson? I'm not sure if we're going to do some of those races. I think as the season goes, we might add some races and just kind of talk about it as we go. Like follow the different tracks that they have. Cedar Lake, um, Prince. I guess we'll go to Princeton probably. Not sure about what other tracks we'll be going to. Like Rice Lake, Rice, Ogilvy, yeah, Ogilvy, Mississippi Thunder has a race. I believe Jackson has a race. So you definitely get a wide variety of different tracks, and none of them tracks are kind of the same. They're all they're all different. So it'll uh, it'll be cool to see you progress. Yeah, I'm excited because you know some of those tracks I haven't been to or I've been to them in the micro, and it's just gonna be a whole new world in the sprint car. So my question, Mike, you're the the, the wily veteran of the UMSS traditional sprint car series. I don't know if I like that. Uh, well, you are okay. <laughs> We got the Rookie of the Year contender sitting here across the table. We from do. Uh, if you had one piece of advice to give the young driver. I got two. You got two of I them. I got two of All them. right, perfect, perfect. What would they be? Rule number one, do not wreck your teammate. <laughs> 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 so, and then uh, rule number two is that this is just one thing that's always, um, that I've always been told. My dad worked on uh, Rick Eggersdorf's late models back in the day. So Rick was one of the best. So when I was getting into racing, I was in the B mod, A mod division. Um, Rick told me, he's like, you just got to finish the race. The biggest thing is roll the car back on the trailer. If you can do that every weekend, you're going to gain as many laps as possible. You're going to gain all them laps, experience, knowledge, getting lapped, following faster cars, doing what you're going to do. Just gain as much experience as you can, log as much knowledge, and you'll just pro- you'll progress every race. That sounds very familiar to something I've grown up hearing. Yep. <laughs> That's <laughs> rolled basically... it back in the trailer in one piece. You know, sometimes you may not always finish first, right? But you rolled it back. So it's um... a lot easier to work on the car when you can roll it into the garage than it is when you gotta get the skid steer <laughs> to bring it into the garage. Yeah. That is definitely gonna be a lot easier. <laughs> Are you gonna carry over the uh the micro number to the non wing? Yeah. Okay. Okay. What's the significance between the twenty five? Honestly, there was no significance. I it was the it was the number that came on the car, my first ever race car, and my parents gave me the world. Choose any number you want. There you go. I want twenty five. And then as I got in the micro and we traveled a little bit, there was other twenty five. So I unfortunately had to put A on it, but now I'm owning it. So twenty five A. All right, all right. If there's Perfect. one number, if you could switch that number right now, what's the ideal number that should be on Ashley Williams race car? Maybe two. I feel like I'm a two person. I say two all the time. Two, two more minutes. Two more. Can I have two more, please? I don't know. I guess if I had to switch it, it would be two because that seems like a number I go to all the time. Two more bathroom <laughs> bricks. <laughs> if you see me running before the race, don't stop me. Oh, $2 <laughs> slot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> two more minutes, please. Oh, that's funny. We're going green now. <laughs> Shoot, I needed two more laps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's something we could all say. We needed two more laps. She ends up winning her first race and whatnot, and they're playing the get-off-the-stage music like they do at the Oscars. I need two more minutes to take my sponsors. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what's the overall, I mean, we, we're preaching to the choir here and everything, but, like, what's the one thing, what's your main goal for 2023? Um, really just to gain seat time, focus my weekends on my racing, gain experience in um, the car and confidence is a big thing for me, but also if I can try to go for the rookie of the year, I think that would be pretty cool. But like I said, really gain seat time and overall, probably the biggest goal is to have fun, Oops. have a good season with my family. We've it's always been such a family sport for me. Um, have fun with the lows. I'm 
they gave me such an awesome opportunity, and I think we're going to have a great time, but really just have fun and enjoy every night. Nothing better than sprint car racing at Cedar Lake Super Speedway in the middle of summer. That's what we try and do. I've been doing it for 10 years. All I want to do is go to the track, have fun, gain some experience, learn something, empty the cooler. I mean, just hang out with your friends. That's that's the biggest thing. It really is. I would agree. No, it'll be a good time. I'm looking forward to it, I, you know, and obviously met your mom, meet your dad at some point and whatnot. Just get them to know the whole family. It, it's going to be an awesome summer for you guys. I cannot wait to see it. Like, I'm being honest, a top 10 at, by some point in this season, not out of the possibilities. I'm putting it out there. I'm crossing my fingers for good finishes, <laughs> and obviously I'll have to start in the back for the first few races, but, you know, that can be super valuable starting in the back and Hopefully, I can start moving up from there. I'm you really know, excited. opening night, you're going to draw number one because you still got to draw, but you got to start in the back. <laughs> That's how it always works. Oh, right. That's going to be a... Hit the button. Ooh, number one. To yep. the tail. Oh, <laughs> yep. wrenching. Yep. <laughs> First time you get the draw, you still be on the front row. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yep. That third... What is it? Three nights? Three nights gotta go in the back. back. Yep. So, but they still give you the discretion though, right? So, like, after that third night... You can still start in the back, but nobody wants to do that. I would. <laughs> this guy broke two shifters in his first night and didn't even get to run the feature. So. Oh, goodness. How lucky are you at the draw window? Well, last year, super unlucky. Uh, normally, I'm like middle range type person. Yeah. Not not always a great drawer. Normally, I'm pretty envious of other people. Well, it's going to change this year. <laughs> I hope That's so. That's how it always works. I those concept cars can be drawn better than me. Starting in front of me. And you're going to be in the traditional car, not a concept car, right? Not just, a just, concept car. Okay, perfect. Just wanted to make sure of that. No, it's, uh, what do you guys got? Any color schemes? What's going on? Graphics? Yeah, Lucas and I's car are actually going to look pretty similar to each other. We're doing almost the same graphics, just opposite colors. So mine will be my color scheme, white, teal, and pink, of course. There you go. Nice. So that will be mine, pretty much my same colors. But Lucas is going to have the pink. pink as well. Yeah, he, I told him he needed to have the pink. Perfect. <laughs> there you go. Pink belts. Just wait till you see my belts. Well, before we let you go, we always got our driver-to-driver question. Yes, we do. It's a little bit of a twist this week. A little bias. A <laughs> little bit. Normally, our previous guest records their question to ask our current driver. Well, it just so happens that our previous guest is still in the studio, and you might know him. Here is your driver-to-driver question from Owen Carlson. If we were to start over, would it be easier if one of us had not raced? Ooh, that's a hard question. Wow, Owen with the hard hitters, man. You, I gave you like two hours to think of that. It took me all two hours to think of it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Um, that's a hard question, but I would probably say no, it would not be easier if one of us didn't race. And I think the main reason was is because racing is such a big part of our lives. And if you're kind of outside of the racing community, you don't really understand everything that it has. You know, you don't understand the whole concept of it. Um, so having dating somebody that does know all the dynamics and is a racer mm. himself, he just understands like my feelings, my emotions, my time, where my mindset is when I'm thinking about racing and everything that has to come. So I would say, no, it would not be easier if one of us raced and one of us didn't. Solid answer, man. I agree it, with that. It's a very unique, I mean, if you, it's a unique situation. Yeah, very. it is very unique. And there's times that we get a little overcompetitive to each other. And we need That'll to step happen. back a little bit. But, That'll happen. But I wouldn't, I don't think I would change it. 
How was it when you and Oren were racing micros together? Did you guys ever get to race together? We raced together a few times. Um, it was pretty good. Who won? Owen did. Do, it was my first year. Um, he did do better than me most of the time. But Thunderhill, it was me. Oh, really? snap. Yeah. There we go. Payback's up. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we can get Owen a non-wing car this year. You guys can do a little battle, and that'd be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. And last year, um, he did hop back in a micro, and he started half a track ahead of me, and I was on his tail at the end. So I, I got to give myself that, because I got to take credit where it's worth yeah, Absolutely. If you would have been two more laps, things could have been different. <laughs> two more laps. Two more seconds is all I needed. Yep. How long have you guys been together now? Almost five years. Wow. Yeah. So that would put him at, what, 14? You at 13? Yeah. I, in August, it'll be five years. So I would have been, I just turned 14, and he just turned 15 when we started dating. Holy smokes. Just like you and Taylor, kind of. Pretty damn close, yeah. man. I was uh, 16, and she would have been going on 15. Perfect. I yelled at her because I thought she was standing me up on a date when she was at her driver's ed class, and I didn't know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's a good story. It is. I'm serious. I was like, I mean, if we don't have time for this whole shebang, this is, (laughs) God, when was that? 2007, six, whatever it was. My God, we've been together forever. (laughs) I still love her. They're, but they're like junior high sweeties. I was high school sweeties. That's very true. Yeah. They got a little leg up on us. They do. I mean, I remember the first time I met him, Sam. Late eyes on him. Oh, you know, boy. Racer. I think he might have won that night. It was just, you know, it was just one of those situations. <laughs> just had a nice trophy. <laughs> and then I went down to him and he was wearing two different shoes. And I, I was like, this is my <laughs> shot to go talk to him. Perfect. Why are you wearing two different shoes? He goes, well, one says stop, one says go. And I was like, oh, goodness, maybe I should take a step away. Like, he doesn't know what stop and go is. Oh, my. <laughs> he had a red shoe and a green shoe, did he? Yeah. <laughs> and then he convinced me to buy the same ones after. So now I guess I can't really say anything. Claims these... I asked him how much money he made from winning the race, but I do not remember that. Mm. So I think the stories are a little bit skewed. I don't know, man. So are these shoes still in your shoe collection to date? I may still have them. Aww. <laughs> That's even better. This is so great. <laughs> the shoe collection. <laughs> yeah, the we... shoe collection. I'm, I'm surprised I don't have like five different pairs of race shoes to like change on my mood. That might be something sponsorship sponsors. Yeah. If you need to get a hold of Ashley Williams, <laughs> right? You need to get a hold of me. I love pink. Alpine Star is my preferred brand of race shoes. There you go. <laughs> and how can these people contact you? Ashley Williams Racing. You on Facebook. You can find my email there, and I will get back to you as soon as I can. Perfect. That was so professional. <laughs> <laughs> One last thing before we let you go, I wanted to ask you about this. You are a part of the Living Like Outlaws Youth Program. What does that all entail, and what what's it like being a part of that? Yeah, so uh, I do weekly videos, or, or I try to. On the off-seasons, it's a little bit harder, especially since I'm at school, and most people probably don't want to see my chemistry every week. <laughs> but um, So during the race season and even off the race season, I make a video of myself, kind of what I'm doing about my racing, how, maybe how my weekend went, and just share it with Wes. He's the person that puts it all together, does it all for all of us kids. Um, and he shares it to his platform, which is pretty large and, um, helps gain, helps get all of us, um, gain followers and get our videos out there to a wider audience. And because he does travel with the world of outlaws, he has quite a fan base and he's just a really cool guy and easily approachable. So I'm lucky to be a part of that program. 
And I have been for about a year and a half now, and okay. I plan on continuing with it. And then when Wes comes around, we get to hang out with him, and it's just super fun. That's awesome. It does look pretty cool. I think I saw you guys at a Twins game last year or something. Yeah, so I actually surprised Wes by coming to a Saints game. He was in town, and Chris Vogel texted me, and I was like, because he knew I was a part of the program, and I was like, sure, I would love to come surprise him, so I got to surprise him, and we got to go hang out for a while, and then we got to go to Cedar Lake, and we went out to eat and some stuff, so while I don't get to see him much, he it's always fun when he's in town, and I'm lucky to have him support my racing and bring it to a broader audience. Absolutely. You couldn't ask for anything better than that. Like, I, I caught wind of it through you. That's how I caught wind of it. And so I looked into it because, you obviously, you can follow their page and you always see them involved with the World Outlaws, like you said, right. and whatnot. Right. But just all these – and it's a wide range of, 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 of ages with the kids that are involved, too. Yeah, there's a, a lot of different kids. When I first started, there was only four of us. So there was four of us, and we were obviously all posting videos. But now he's added quite a few kids, and we're all very different ages. Me and Jaden are the oldest in the program. Um, he races out Luckhart still. But since we all are such different ages, we all bring something different to the table. We're all in different classes. We all live in different um, places, all different states. Mm-hmm. So that's also something fun about traveling is sometimes we run into each other. And it's it's cool because I've met two of them, and I don't know them personally, but if we run into each other, it's it's kind of like we know each other because we text on a weekly basis, you know, check in with each other, see how everyone's doing. So it's cool. It's it, it's kind of like a family. First of all, it's helping the, the growth and the health of our sport and yes. everything. It's getting, like you said, more exposure for you guys as well. And it's just that's just a cool program, man. Like where like where was that stuff when like. You were that age. Well, there wasn't cell phones when I was that age, so that's probably <laughs> why. But, no, I followed a little bit, too. I could have took your picture on a Nokia, man. Oh, yeah, and just, what, AOL put it messenger on your, me? <laughs> I would put it on your MySpace. Yeah, my MySpace. You guys even know what that is? I've heard of it from some other people. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's, uh, yeah, it wasn't good. But, uh-huh. no, I've seen what he does. That's super good cool what he does. I'm glad you're a part of it. And it's only growing you. That's all it's doing. Yeah, I'm lucky to be a part of it, and I hope that I can continue doing it and Someday, I would even if I am getting older, and I just hope I can like mentor the people that are in it and kind of give a support. You know, even if it's just with the videos and everything, mm-hmm. I just like being a part of it because I know that everyone has everyone else's best interest in that program. Right. I mean, it could almost you know I don't I don't know what his plan is down the road, but he could have like uh like the the graduate program. You know, like say okay, you've gotten to that age to where you're not youth anymore technically but you're still an ambassador for it and you are helping the other kids that he's recruiting and giving exposure to and you'd be like if you ever need anything or need to know experiences to talk to somebody give ashley a call she can walk you through it yeah and that's something i like that's one of my favorite parts of racing is like mentoring people you know meeting people around the track is super fun but I've met some younger kids and just seeing them, seeing them grow in their racing and them having somebody to look up to. Well, I might not be the only person. I hope that they have a large, a lot of people to look up to. I just love coming to the track and, you know, being somebody that supports them. And so being able to continue with that through a, an established program would be something I would really enjoy. And it fits right into how you started off this conversation with what you do for work and whatnot and why you chose to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's a pretty good way to close it out, if you it ask is. me. It is. Very true. You want to give some shout-outs to your sponsors? I want to give a shout-out to Living Like Outlaws, Schaefer's Oil, Jerry's Auto Body, Mathnasium of Stillwater, Tire Pros of um, Stillwater and Hudson, Vitality Health Center of Minnesota, Quality Freight Rate, 
Old World Meets, JJ's Outpost Bar and Grill, and some new ones hopefully in the works. That sounds like we have some uh, some mutual sponsorship. It does. <laughs> no, it works all good. Go to JJ's every right, time. I was just there this weekend, and it's always so, so fun there. They always have fun events and everything. Oh, yeah. No, that's where we like to hang out. We like to create some chaos there. I spent a lot of weekends there when Mike I was... Mike on the mic after the races. Okay, that was one time. Oh, my God. I can <laughs> the, best, the best part about that story is Mark wasn't there, and he goes, I woke up to all these Snapchats where you're like, Mike on the mic, RTS, what's up? Here we are. And um, that's everybody else's fault for giving me the microphone. <laughs> that is not my fault. It was at this point in time in my life where I was like, <laughs> the podcast is dead. Spotify is going to ban us. iHeartRadio, Google... Apple. We're done. <laughs> We're torched. Ah, oh, that was a fun night. That yeah. was fun. Yeah. I told you. Grounded. <laughs> God. Hey, if you can't have fun, stay on with Chuck. Oh, I am sorry that you had to see that. <laughs> Dude, everybody was, was rolling. That was funny. Uh, well, Ashley, thank you so much for swinging by the RTS studios tonight and hanging out with us and talking a little bit about your career and making the jump to the non-wing in 2023. I'm excited to see what you do on the track. I'm sure it's going to be lights out and everything. And uh, wish you nothing but the best of luck with the racing and also with your schooling as well. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on here. It's been a good time. Cannot thank Ashley enough for taking the time to come on up here to the Lightspeed Equipment Studios and hang out with Mike and I and give us a little background on her young racing career, how she came up through the ranks, and uh, how she got this opportunity from Shannon and Lucas to jump behind the wheel of a traditional sprint car this season and run for Rookie of the Year honors. Uh, what I thought was very interesting is just the detail that she was able to give Mike and I on just the differences and how uh, each and everything that she has driven so far in her very early and young career and how she's been able to pick up on those differences and translate them and adjust her driving style to everything she's driven. And I think that she's it's going to be no problem for her going into her rookie year with the traditional sprint car. And I am very, very excited to see what she is capable of doing on the track here this season. Best of luck to her in 2023. Best of luck to the Logues as well and that whole team in 2023. And best of luck to Ashley as well, as she's got some big things going on with uh, her schooling as well and uh, hoping that everything goes the way she wants and she gets accepted into that program and she can continue forward uh, chasing that dream of what she wants to do. So thank you again. And as if you guys couldn't tell, it was actually Owen and Ashley were here at the same time. We got a two for one, uh, able to knock them guys out. If you couldn't have picked that up from Owen's uh, episode 89. So if you guys haven't had a chance to go back and listen to that, we highly suggest that you go back and listen to Owen's episode as well. But not to give away too many spoilers on the next one, the youth movement will continue here on the RTS podcast as we've got another youngster that has already come in here and joined us in studio. Look for that episode 91 to drop around Monday or Tuesday of next week. We're excited for you guys to hear that one as well. Thank you for everybody that joined in on episode 90 with us, and hopefully you all enjoyed Ashley's interview. We want to give a shout-out to all of our wonderful sponsors that help us out each and every week. Our presenting sponsor, GT Transport LLC. Our studio sponsor, Lightspeed Equipment. Mueller Jewelers, the official diamond company of RTS Podcast. DK Designs, JJ's Outpost Bar and Grill. PrettyPolishJunkie.com. TCB Speed North, the Fast Factory and Fast Factory Foundation. Racing Today, 
Taylor Jolin Photography and QualityFreightRate.com. And then to stay up to date with all of our episodes and all of our posts, we're very active on the social medias. You go over and find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, you name it, RTS Podcast. Search it. We'll pop. You'll find us. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe, whatever you need to do to stay notified about what we got going on. Uh, our upcoming guests, we always tease them and everything, try to let you guys try to figure out who's coming on next. So uh, make sure you head on over there and bash those buttons to make sure that you're staying up to date with the RTS Podcast. And to go back and listen to the other 89 episodes of this disaster that we call a podcast, head on over to Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, you name it, all your major podcast platforms, search the RTS podcast and make sure you like, subscribe and follow on there. And if you're on Apple, leave us a review. It's greatly appreciated. It helps us climb the ladder. So if uh, you you liked what you heard, leave us a five-star review. We greatly appreciate it. That's going to wrap it up. Episode 90's in the books. Episode 91 will be out next week. Thanks, everybody, tuning in. Have a great rest of the week. Let's see if I can do my best mic impression. See ya! <laughs>